Good afternoon and welcome to Find Your Sparkle with Jen. I'm your host, Jennifer Stewart, and our aim is to inspire, educate, and entertain you. And today we are very fortunate to have with us my friend, Catherine McKinnon. Catherine is a life coach and her mission is to go from ordinary to legendary. Welcome, Catherine. Thanks so much, Jen. I'm excited to be here. Well, it's very exciting to have you here. Now, let's go back a little bit. You and I met a little over a year ago and we became instant friends. (laughs) That we did. (laughs) We did. Now, out of curiosity, what would you attribute that to? Because those kind of connections really don't happen all of the time. No, absolutely not. I remember it was uh, at a networking event, and you introduced yourself, and I asked what you do, and you talked about Find Your Sparkle. And so that right away piqued my interest, and I asked you, well, what's that all about? So as soon as you talked about, you know, living authentically you and talking about your authentic self, I thought, this is a woman I have to have another conversation with. And we have had several since that time, haven't we? We have indeed, and they've been wonderful. One of the things that I love about women that you connect with is how helpful we are to each other. And that's not always the case, unfortunately. But when you do have that connection, you can really learn and support each other. One of the things that has helped me to grow in my business is having women like you to be able to talk to. Now, with your business, and I want to talk a little bit about how you ended up getting into your coaching business, but I also want to talk about a little bit about your background. Now, you are an avid triathlon. I don't know what the right word Triathlete. is. Triathlete. Triathlete. <laughs> there we go. Now, just tell us a little bit about how you got into this intense intense exercising. I just have to say, I always laugh whenever anyone uses that word intense (laughs) related to me in triathlon, because I just don't see it that way. But I suppose it is to people who maybe haven't done it before. Exactly. So I was about 29 years old living in Australia and wanting to lose a bit of weight. So I changed my eating habits and I got in the pool and I couldn't even swim, you know, 50 meters. I was struggling to get to the end of a 50 meter pool with, you know, needing to stop and catch my breath because that's how unfit I was. And I started cycling. I went to the local bike shop, bought myself an old granny bike for 60 bucks and started (laughs) cycling and uh, talked to a guy at work who was talking about this crazy sport called triathlon. And I thought, well, there's no way I can do that. I can't run. But I took myself off one day and I would just run till I got out of breath and again, stop, walk, catch my breath and run a bit more. And I don't remember how long it was, but it wasn't long before I could run two kilometers. And he was inviting me to take part in the local triathlon clubs, triathlons that they did. And so my first triathlon was in March or April of 1995. I completed a 300-meter swim, an 11K bike, and a 4K run. And need I sure didn't know at the time that that was going to be the start of, of, of an over 20-year triathlon career. That's amazing. Now, how did you feel after you completed that first triathlon? Awesome. I bet. I can't even imagine that. Like I could do anything. I bet. Yeah. That is huge. Yeah. Now, how many have you done since 1995? Well, triathlons, I couldn't even tell you. Um, I've done 
because I realized at the time as I continued going with triathlon that I was never going to be fast. So the challenge for me was always to go longer. So I stepped up to an Olympic distance triathlon and then to a half Ironman triathlon. And somewhere along the way, my dream became to complete an Ironman triathlon. And I did that in uh, 2004. Uh, was my first Ironman branded triathlon. And since then, I've completed 17 Ironman triathlons. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. That's, holy cow, that's very impressive. Are you going to be doing these events till you die? I hope so. (laughs) I hope so, indeed. Yes. If you were to tell someone what they can get out of doing a triathlon Mm -hmm. or competing in a, in a, Oh my goodness, Ironman competition. What would be your, your three pieces of advice to give to people? Three pieces of advice. I think for me, uh, I discovered with each race that I did, I discovered something new about myself, whatever that might have been. And I can't think off the top of my head what all they were, but I guess the three words that I would use to describe what I discovered is, uh, courage, strength, and determination. So for me, uh, even if I'm hurting, I just want to get to that finish line because for me, the challenge is just to keep moving, you know, and I knew that if I just keep moving forward, I'm going to get to that finish line. That's right. And I find that a lot of that, that's, that's almost parallel to people's goals and setting goals in our lifetime. Absolutely. I love that you talked about learning courage and strength and determination. Those are four characteristics that when you have those and you can master those, you can pretty much achieve anything. Would you agree? Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Yes. And the other one thing that I would say is to people is to never say never about anything in our lives. Oh because, my, absolutely. You know, I stood at the end of a triathlon one day. I'd done my little try-a-try, the little short one, and I was watching this woman from our local tri-club struggling to complete the Olympic distance triathlon, which finishes with a 10K run. And I remember to this day standing there watching her struggle and just thinking to myself, I could never run 10K. (laughs) And look at me now. I've run, you know, 80K in a race. What would you think, what's the longest distance that you've run? Uh, 79.8 kilometers. Holy moly. Yeah. And just out of curiosity, how long did that take? 12 hours. Oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. That's, yeah. that's pretty remarkable, Catherine. Yeah. So my legendary for me is, is triathlon. And that's the process, I guess I use to discover so much about myself And so, of course, not everyone's going to do triathlon. Some people don't want to do that, but everybody has legendary in them. Oh, absolutely. Now, when you talk about from ordinary to legendary, give our audience a sense of what do you really mean by that? Sure. Uh, Thanks for that. That's a great question. I remember uh, being in Montreal in the spring, I think, of 2014, and I was going for a run. And running and cycling is where I go off into my la-la land, and, <laughs> and I just get inspired. And I was uh, in the process of applying uh, to the legacy program that the Ironman Corporation has for people who have never been to the... Hawaii uh, Ironman World Championships. 
And um, for people who've never been and who've done a minimum of 12 Ironman triathlons, they can apply to go. And I'd just come out of an awesome pro six-day program, uh, and I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to write a book, uh, and it's going to be called From Ordinary to Legendary. Awesome. And, and it's going to be about my journey sort of to and through Ironman, you know, culminating in me getting to go to my next dream goal of the Ironman World Championships. So for me, the From Ordinary to Legendary is... You know, I was just an ordinary, everyday, average person, couch potato, who decided to get up and start moving and ended up completing 17 Ironman triathlons and going to the world championships and finding her legendary. That really is incredible. And you're not, you definitely are an inspiration to me, and I'm sure to many of our listeners as well. Now, when, when you talk about courage, Courage is something that people sometimes shy away from. It's really difficult, as you know, to make any kind of a change. To make any kind of change, you really do have to step up and, and be courageous. What were your biggest challenges when you had to figure out how you could push yourself and how you could be courageous to achieve your goals? What were my biggest challenges? Believing that I can you know, believing that I had the ability to actually do it. And I will admit that I had a lot of wonderful people along the way who helped me by seeing the ability in me before I saw it in myself. That's awesome. And you need that push and you need those believers. And exactly. when did you start believing in yourself? Oh, that's a great question. It certainly wasn't at my first or second Ironman. I think it it took a while before I would actually go to these races and really felt like I belonged and that I deserved to be there because so often I would go and I'd look at all the women around me who were like skinnier than I was and faster than I was. And I would just look at them and go, oh my gosh, you know, I don't belong here. I'm not a triathlete. I'm not an athlete even, right? And so it's really taken a lot for me to get there and go, yeah, I am here. I am a triathlete. I am an athlete. And I may not be the fastest, but I'm here and I'm showing up and I'm giving it all I've got for me, for nobody else but me. And that's the best reason to do it, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. When you had those challenges that you were going through, what were some of the things like we, we hear so much about having goals and, and the journey and, you know, achieving that goal. We sometimes forget about all that middle stuff. And that's usually that's where the real growth and learning happens. Would you agree with that? I would agree 100%. You know, we all are so focused, I believe in this society that it's about the outcome, right? And we forget about the process or the yes. journey to get there. And that is absolutely where the learning happens. So it's not about crossing the finish line. It's about, in my case, all the training that goes into getting to the start line of right. that race, you right. know, and then the journey of through the race, that is where all the learning happens. It's not in crossing the finish line, right? As in with with most goals, it's not, there's all those steps that we have to focus on. And a lot of times we think, you know, oh, isn't she lucky? Or how did she get there? Or look at that. But, you know, we forget to think, you didn't just automatically go and step into this triathlon and say, I'm going to do it. 
like you said, there was a lot of training involved. Absolutely, 100%. I mean, in my case, from the day that I did my first triathlon in 1995, I didn't do my first Ironman until 2003. So for me, my journey has been a whole series of what I call baby steps, you know, that are helping me build the confidence that I needed to believe in myself to know that I could go and do that next step, that next goal, you know, so really life is just about a whole series of mini goals and getting steps. Yeah. And moving forward and moving forward. Keep moving forward. Right. Sometimes we get stuck and we need that little bit of a, of a push to get us out the door. Don't we? Absolutely. 100%. And all it is is, is about getting up off the couch and putting one foot in front of the other to do whatever it is you want to achieve. Awesome. We're going to have a quick break. And when we return, we'll be talking about a little bit more of your journey with Catherine McKinnon. This is Jennifer Stewart with Find Your Sparkle with Jen. We'll be right back on CIOE 97.5 FM. Welcome back to Find Your Sparkle with Jen. I'm Jennifer Stewart, and we are with Catherine McKinnon today. Welcome back, Catherine. Thanks so much, Jen. Now, just before break, we were talking about your triathlon experience and Ironman experience. And you had mentioned how important it was, the learning journey, courage, strength, and determination, and those characteristics, how they were really important for you. And for people that were, would be coming in, that those are some of the really good strengths that you can pull from those kinds of experiences. Now, you are a certified code model coach, and you attained that certification early on this past year, right? That's right. Now, for those who are out there who are wondering what a certified code model coach is. Can you give a little bit of an explanation? Yes, absolutely. So the Well Systems Institute in Ottawa uh, provides a number of different programs of varying uh, degrees that allow you to really discover who you are and help you move towards the potential of who you can become. And the final program that they offer is the code model certification and code stands for creating out of deep energy. So really it's about helping women uh, tune into the physical sensations that come up in their bodies uh, and follow that to help them lead their lives rather than following the external measures that we're all taught to follow. So we're, we're kind of taught to believe that, you know, we are a certain person, right? Right. And is that really who we are? You know, and so it's about tuning into, you know, my authentic self and I help women, uh, find the ways for them to do that. Right. Now, our business models are very similar in that we want to connect women with their authentic selves. That's the huge part. What happens from your experience, and I know that this could be potentially a long conversation, but from your perspective, once someone takes their journey and they decide, you know what, I'm going to do the work, I'm going to take the time to really get in touch with my authentic self, what happens and how can you help facilitate their growth and their journey? Well, what happens is their life changes. And I know that probably sounds really cliched, but it's true. You know, as I 
tune into who I am and I make choices based on that and not choices based on who I've been taught to believe that I am, my life really does change and it's great. And so I can help women to do that by teaching them what I've discovered, you know, about, as I was mentioning, tuning into the physical sensations that arise in my body, because that really is myself's way of talking to me. Right. Now, can you explain when you're talking about sensations. Give a couple of examples for our listeners. Oh, absolutely. So you know how you're in a conversation with someone and all of a sudden you find yourself in tears. Oh, yes. Been there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is just one example of, you know, what our society would call an emotion, which I know to be just energy or information that my body is presenting. Yet we have such judgment of tears because we're taught, you know, especially as women, oh, you know, you're emotional if you cry, right? right. So tears is one. Uh, heat, any kind of heat in your body, uh, shivers, um, goosebumps, uh, headaches, any kind of, you know, stomach pains, all of those things if we look at it a different way, because we're taught to look at a headache and take a pill, if we right. look at a headache and go, okay, well, maybe it's more than a headache. If I let go of the word headache and I look at it as a physical sensation, what is my body trying to say to me? Okay. So when you figure that out, what are the steps that you can take to, I guess, become more aware? And then what do you do when you become aware? Right. So what I heard you say was when you figure it out. And I know this is very hard for most people to probably understand, but it's not about figuring it out. You know, we're so taught to, okay, well, this is happening. What does that mean? And I have to figure it out. But what I teach women is that we don't have to figure it out. If we take the steps, which is simply, and I know this is just going to sound too crazy because it's so simple, all we have to do in the moments that those physical sensations arise is to allow our intellect or our minds or our brain, whatever word you want to put to it, to stop with the stories of trying to figure it out and just concentrate on First and foremost, breathing. Right. Secondly, soften your belly. Third, relax your shoulders and really just allow those sensations to present. And as you continue to breathe and relax your body, you'll discover that it might take seconds. It might take a minute. Your body will relax. And then in that relaxation, your body has now been reprogrammed, if you would. You've peeled off a layer of the onion towards discovering who you truly are. That sounds really amazing. Now, I have found through my coaching that many people say that they are willing to put the time and effort in, but when it really comes to push, they resist. And change, as you know, is uncomfortable for some people, but it's essential to growth right? Absolutely. Now, with those people who say that they're, you know, they really want to change, they're really into it, but they're resisting, how, how can you help them to understand what's going on? Well, I think the biggest thing, uh, 
that I've discovered, well, probably for me and in talking to a number of different women, I think the biggest thing is fear, mm-hmm. right? So change is fearful. Yes. You know, as you mentioned, if we want to grow, then change is imperative. Right. And yet change in itself, we're taught to fear. So the first thing is being willing to take that first step towards making a change. The second thing is, and this is a big one, I think, for a lot of people, is to really begin to know and understand and really believe that you're safe. So I think often what happens is, for example, you know, we're having a conversation and you find that you're in tears. Well, apart from the fact that we're taught that tears are bad and that we shouldn't show our tears in public and that we're taught not to show our vulnerability, uh, it's also the potential of knowing what is causing those tears and wanting to shy away from it. But if we are willing to know that we're safe you know, because we're here, I'm just having a great conversation with you. And I can relax into those tears. That is where the change happens. Now, all this talk about change just reminds me of that change of life thing that women go through. And, (laughs) and at those times, often tears come a heck of a lot more frequently, as do hot flashes, mood swings, those kinds of things. Do you have any tips for people who are dealing with menopausal symptoms? I do because I am experiencing them myself, you know, (laughs) those dreaded hot flashes, which is just very uncomfortable. And we live in a society that, you know, teaches us, okay, so here's the medical diagnosis, right? Right. So if I were to look at it a slightly different way and to believe, as I do, that uh, we're all energy coalesced into matter. So if I don't look at it from the medical standpoint and I let go of them as hot flashes, I can just look at it and go, oh, well, here's heat arising in my body, right? And I can just choose, just as I do with any other physical sensation that I'm putting a label to, to breathe, soften my belly, relax my shoulders, and allow my body to do exactly what it knows how to do, which is to process that. Now, I have to admit that I'm going through some of these changes, and it's really really difficult sometimes to have those talks with yourself. Now, I find I'm, I'm good most times, but... I'm getting used to being tearful. I cry at the drop of a hat. It's my emotions are super, super sized. And I have felt quite embarrassed on a few occasions when I've A, been hot flashing, B, crying. (laughs) And I find it very uncomfortable. But for me, that's been my mission for the last couple of years is to get more comfortable with that. Because the first instinct that I have is, oh my goodness, here it goes again. Everybody's going to be looking at me. I hope my mascara doesn't run. You know, my nose is running. Do I have any Kleenex? And all of these things are going through my head, which sort of helps to perpetuate the symptoms. And I know that I'm making it worse for myself. So my my personal advice to myself was, okay, it's happening. So just sit back, chill, and let it go. But although simple in theory, much dif- more different in 
practice, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And that's why it's great to surround yourself with a posse of like-minded women who can remind you in those instances just to breathe, relax your shoulders, soften your belly, and that it's okay. Yes. You know, because I think what I'm hearing is we're okay with our own tears. A lot of times it's we're worried about what other people think. Yes. Right. And what I have come to learn is that what other people think of me is none of my business. Right. And then that's a great quote. I can't remember. I saw that not too long ago. And that really is a wonderful quote. Now, when you find your authentic self and when you become a certain age, all those things start to deteriorate and, and lessen anyways. I think just because we're becoming, when we're more aware, it really doesn't matter. It's really focusing on ourselves and how we can best be ourselves. Ab- that- oh, absolutely. And what a wonderful world we would live in if we oh. could teach our daughters that. Oh, my goodness. That's- so they don't have to be 50 years old before they discover that. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those things that I'd love to get into the school systems and be able to talk about. You can do whatever the heck it is that you can dream that you can do and don't ever let anyone stifle you. By the same token, I'd like to remind us as adults to stop squashing our kids' dreams. Absolutely, Jen, 100%. It's so sad. And when you think about it, I mean, most kids, their their imaginations start to slip away at before they even hit the double digits, for heaven's sakes. And that's not intentional on our part. So I really think that the whole, the goal really is to remind and educate adults as well as educators and then, of course, the kids themselves. How many times have you been, you know, your dreams have been squashed because it's been impractical or that's not, doesn't make sense. You're not in this reality and, or that's out of your mind and you can't do that. Have you ever heard those sorts of things? Oh my gosh, absolutely. And that is exactly where that conditioning comes in. So what I was talking about earlier with, we're taught to believe that we're a certain person, right? right? We're conditioned to believe we're a certain person. And that's where it starts. You know, our parents parented the way they were parented. Absolutely. Our default is to parent the way we were parented or right. not the cycle. that, right? right? Oh, my parents did that. So I'm not going to do that. Right. So what if we looked at it a completely different way and just knew that each and every single one of us is unique, whole, and absolutely essential to this world. And that our kids know what they want. Are we willing to let them be who they know themselves to be? Exactly. And And be okay with that. That's a huge thing. Well, we have run out of time and it's been an absolute pleasure having you here. What makes you sparkle, Catherine? Oh, what makes me sparkle? Having these kinds of absolutely amazing conversations, Jen, and living my life to the fullest as authentically as I can possibly be because it's a never-ending journey. It is. It's not one finish line that we're going to cross. It's a constant evolution to become the more of who I can be. So one sentence that sums up your what makes you sparkle. Oh, dear. One sentence. I don't work in one sentences. Uh, (laughs) uh, Living my life to uh, the potential of who I can be. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. This is Find Your Sparkle with Jen on CIOE 97.5. And we'll see you next week.